All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and it's great to be here with you. It is finally cold in Birmingham, Alabama. It's like 25 degrees this morning. It's Saturday morning. I got up and, yeah, got my day started early like I always do. And uh, so I want to share some of that with you this morning. And then also I want to talk to you. I've got a couple of announcements uh, one of the things that I have been working on behind the scenes is a community to that's off of Facebook. So I, ha, I we do have a Facebook group, but I, I'm bringing this off of Facebook to a separate platform where uh, men who like desire community together, who desire to be exhorted, be encouraged by the Word, to find fellowship, to um, to pursue a passionate relationship with Christ, like if this, like if this interests you, I'm I've been behind the scenes developing a community where we can do that, and it's something where uh, there's going to be weekly calls. There's going to be a lot of great content for you to consume, and also like my whole mindset, my whole thought behind this is. I want to create a place where men can come and learn, they can then live, and then ultimately they can lead themselves, their families, and other men. And so this is, it's like a progression. And so my hope and my prayer is that if you're listening to this, uh, it may be that you don't have any kind of authentic community that you can be a part of like this. It may be that you know you you are part of your church, but for whatever reason you don't feel comfortable at your church. Whatever the case is, uh, you know maybe you don't have anybody that you can be brutally honest with. I want to invite you to join our community. Now, I don't. It's not fully functional yet, so I can't give you all the details. But if you're interested, I want you to email me at Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com. Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com. Just say that you're interested. I'm going to put you on a waiting list. I don't even have a landing page to send you to to get on the waiting list, but what I'm putting together is a page that's going to have a video training um, on how to become this man for yourself, for your family, and uh, in your workplace. And then, uh, then there's going to be an invitation. So, that's the announcement. So go ahead, pause the podcast, email me if you're interested. Speaking of invitation, like this episode, I want to share with you an invitation. I want to share with you motivation. I'm going to share with you a warning. Because brothers, we like we need to hear this. We need this word. And um, you know, for the past several months, I've just been in the book of Psalms slowly making my way verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and it's been phenomenal. So here I am in Psalm chapter 95, and if you're listening to this on the podcast and you want to see my notes and see what I'm going through, go to our YouTube channel, Natural Porn Killer, and you can see all the notes. Like I'm literally going to be reading from my notes that I took this morning just from this passage. And uh, I've also been creating shorts on the YouTube channel that have just been some things like some just thoughts that I've had in the morning. Typically, they come out of my my morning devotion, and they're no longer than one minute long. So if you want to go, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can watch shorts, watch any of the videos that we put up there. I'm going to be more consistent about that. 
just because I think it's uh, it's an avenue that men I know men are on there searching um, for uh, help with pornography addiction. So there you have it. Let's get into the passage today, Psalm ninety five. And so I've got my Bible here because. Um, what I was reading this morning was Psalm 95, 6 through 11, but I also think it's important to go back a little bit further and look at the entire chapter. So I'm pulling up my Bible, and I'm going to pull up Psalm 96, I mean 95, and we're just going to read the first several verses here. Sorry, I should have had this already done. Okay, here we go. Psalm 95. <clears throat> Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And I'm going to stop right there. So these are that's the first seven verses. And I just want to stop because what, a, what an incredible invitation right here that we see. Verses one and two. Oh, he's talking to you. He's talking to the people of God. Oh, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So brothers, first, I hope that you are a member of a like gospel-exalting church. Not gospel light, but gospel heavy. Like from the pulpit, there's gospel proclamation every Sunday, and I hope that there's joyful praise going on at your church. I hope there's joyful praise. I hope that men and women are gathered together and their focus is not on the band. The focus is not on how how the singers dress today or how many tattoos they have. I hope that your focus is on God and he says, the psalmist says, oh, let us sing to the Lord. Let's make a joyful noise. So this is the invitation. Even then in verse 6, he says, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. That's the invitation that you and I have. Like just this past week or the week before, <laughs> our planet reached 8 billion people. Eight billion people. And brother, do you know how many followers, like true followers of Christ there are? Just a small percentage. And there's still many. You know, I don't know exactly how many. I know if you were really interested in learning more, you can go to Radical.net. David Platt's ministry called Radical, this is what they, like they are focused on reaching the unreached. And so there's billions who live in communities without a church. So I want you to stop and I want you to think, why me? Why me? Was it something that you did? No. <laughs> it's who God is. He, he knew every day 
of yours. You were knit in your mother's womb. He created you. And what did he create us for? He created us to worship him, to magnify him, to reflect his glory here on the earth. Praise God for that. So this is the invitation. It's beautiful. Now, with the invitation comes the motivation or inspiration, whichever one you want to say. Like there's an inspiration and a motivation behind this. And we see this in this passage after verse 1 and 2, verse 3 says, for. In other words, here's the reason why this invitation is worthy and our God is worthy. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Now, if you think about it, the Israelites were a small nation among many nations. And those other nations, when they saw Israel as a small nation, they didn't even have a city for a while. They didn't even have anything. They probably thought, well, their God is small. (laughs) Look how small these people are. They're not big. They're not giants like we are. Look at our fortified cities. Their God must be, small, must be small. And the psalmist is saying, oh, no, no, no. Our Lord is a great God. He is the king above all lowercase g gods. Right? It's not the size of the people. It's not the size of the nation. It's the size of the God. And he is our God. So that's the inspiration. And then he goes on. He says, In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. So there's nowhere, there's no depth you can go to that God did not create. And you can't go to the top of the Himalayas. You cannot go to the top of the world where God is not king. You can't can't do it. Can't do it, right? So... He keeps going. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship. Another invitation. Oh, come, let us worship. And verse 7, for, again, here's the, here's the inspiration or the motivation, for he is our God. So he turns it and makes it personal. He's our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, man, we are his people. He's our God. He's my God. We're his people. We're his sheep. And did you ever know sheep to rise up and rebel against their shepherd? No, they don't do it. They follow. They know the shepherd's voice and they follow. So, brother, here is a beautiful invitation and our incredible motivation and inspiration. Like these these are beautiful passages. And so... Now I want to get into kind of what I was journaling about and writing about this morning. And I think, like, this is one of the things I was thinking this morning, is that, like, rarely will a man, rarely will a man accept this invitation without the proper motivation and inspiration, right? And so if, if, while I'm, like telling you this, if you, if you aren't like a hundred percent on board and and thinking, yes, this is like, this is a hundred percent what I believe. I want to encourage you. Like if you find yourself struggling 
in your walk, if you're struggling to follow the Lord, if you're struggling to obey the Lord, if you're struggling with habitual sin, with pornography over and over, porn and masturbation is like your habit. I want to, I want to give you a couple of ways. I want to give you a couple of ways that you can develop this desire to worship and to bow down and to kneel before the Lord, our God. I want, I want to give you some some helpful tips to this. And then I'm going to give you a warning because the passage goes on and there is a warning. So I'm going to give you these uh, helpful hints and then I'm going to give you this warning. So number one is, here are two ways that you can do this. Number one, surround yourself with men who find great joy and satisfaction in Christ. So you need to look around in your life and say, who are the men who are filled with the Spirit? who are authentic men, they, and they desire authentic fellowship. They're not going to listen to my stories. They're not going to listen to my lies. They're going to call me out. They're going to hold me accountable. These are men who desire authentic fellowship and face real-world struggles and sin together. Right? I mean, it's one thing to sit in a Sunday school class. It's one thing to go to church on a Wednesday night and sit there and talk about this stuff. It's another thing to face these battles like man to man together. Like You need to be around men who are going to challenge you and help confront the lies that we so easily believe. And this is, and I want to be careful here, this is likely not going to be your pastor if your pastor is largely unapproachable, Right? And, and I, I want to be careful here because like pastors have a lot on them. They're, they are shepherding a flock and some of them are, have been called to teach and preach and like they have a small group of people holding them accountable that they're pouring their life into. And, and, and so I'm not like, it would be impossible probably for the pastor to be this person for everybody. But then even so, there are some pastors who are unapproachable. And it's likely not going to be someone who appears to always have their life together because that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't exist. I was just uh, at our church uh, for the past four Wednesday nights. Uh, we held a focus study uh, at Brook Hills, and it was uh, the focus study was all about pornography, like overcoming pornography, and. You know, I don't, I don't really know how big our church is, two, 3,000 members, something like that. I mean, and there was a room of, it varied from week to week, but I'd say between 25 and 35 guys that showed up every week. And like one of the great things about being there and one of the great things about just participating in that class, I wasn't leading, I was participating, is just the fact that there was a group of guys willing to say, you know what? I don't have all my crap together. Like, there's nobody who does. There's nobody who does. And so you need to be okay with that. And then, and then we need to have a vision of our, like, who we're becoming. Who am I becoming? And then we need to have tangible steps that we're taking. And so the first thing, if you want to, if you want to, like work, like if you want to have full joy in Christ, then you need to surround yourself with brothers who have that and who are not pretending. That's number one. So, and then here's number two. 
if you don't have that, if you don't have that, and I know there's a lot of men probably listening who don't. There's a lot of you who are listening who are like, well, I would love that, but I'm scared to death to tell anybody about like my struggles. And this is why I'm creating this community that I want you to be a part of if that's you. Because I want you to come and I want you to be a part of this group because we are not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to be real. We're going to be transparent. We're going to be authentic. And we are going to strive together for something greater for our lives, for our family's lives. Like it's 100% worth it. So if you don't have that type of brother or men in your life that you can do this with, then it's going to take, it's going to require you to take responsibility to become that man. Now, God's given us the church. He's given us the church so that we don't walk alone. And I could go to passage after passage, verse after verse, where we're we're called to exhort each other and to lift each other up and to support each other and to bear one another's burdens. And so this life is likely not going to happen. Like you becoming this man on your own is likely not going to happen. But, 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 but if you want to take the first steps, I'm going to give you some things that I think you need to do. So here they are. How does it happen? I think the things that you need to be thinking about, like you, there needs to be an internal evaluation of where you are and what you're committed to. And so here are the three things that I suggest to do that. Number one is you need to, you need to stop and evaluate your commitment to the Word of God versus other forms of media consumption. Okay? So it's real simple. I want you to take a piece of paper. You can draw a line down the middle of it. On the left-hand side, you can say the Word of God and prayer. You could even put just spiritual disciplines. And then on the right-hand side, you could say media consumption. So, Word of God, what are you going to write on that? I want you to I want you to go back and if you have an iPhone, you can get your screen time whatever, but but you just need to be deadly honest with yourself, like brutally honest and say this is how much time I spend looking at porn a week. This is how much time I spend looking at social media a week and this could be whatever. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, all those are forms of social media. This is how much time I spend watching television, any shows that you're watching, Netflix, whatever the case is. This and and then, you know, you could even for guys, we could even break it down and say sports. I know that it's very very easy to just categorize sports as like, well, this this time of year, so I'm watching football, then the next season is going to be basketball, then the next season is going to be baseball. I mean, it goes on and on. <laughs> like the world will never stop trying to distract us from doing what we really know we need to be doing. So look at that. Write that down. All of that per day, per week, whatever you whatever you want, but don't lie to yourself. And then on the like so those are the those are the two things. Like you on the that left-hand side, how much time when I talk about spiritual disciplines, what I'm talking about is how much time are you reading the word, studying the word, meditating on the word, praying like those things are the basics those are the basics of the christian life that's christianity 101 reading the word studying the word worshiping i'll i'll, I'll put worshiping in there with your church 
So if you're going to church for two hours on a Sunday, you can add that in there for the week. Meditating on the word. I would even say journaling the word. Like this is one of the ways that I do this. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see you're looking at my notes. It's probably not a great, not a super exciting YouTube uh, video right now because you're just staring at my notes. But this is how I do it. Like there's, I'm just going to show you this is exactly what I do. Write it down and then I want you to just look at it. Look at it. Like what is it? Like this is 100% your responsibility. And the truth is we become what we behold. We become what we behold. And so if you're constantly, constantly reinforcing your identity as someone who looks at porn or a guy who only watches sports or whatever and doesn't look at the Word of God and doesn't study the Word of God, then that's who you become. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But this is your responsibility. And so number one is just look at that. Write it down. Journal about it. Then you need to get real about your commitment to examining your own internal stories. I like to call them lies. They're my lies. Now, this involves you, a journal, a pen, and the truth, the facts. To me, like stopping and journaling and examining and picking apart my stories and my lies has been absolutely one of the best ways that I've been able to take God's word and apply it to my life. Like this is what we need to do, right? So I'm going to pull up a couple of passages here. One of them is if I can get my iPad up is um 2 Corinthians 10:5. We destroy arguments and every, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Taking thoughts captive, taking stories captive, taking your lies captive. So for every man struggling porn, and I've gone over this before in podcasts, but you need to hear it again and again because I need to hear it again and again. You, like you and I, every time we act out with pornography or sin in general, we are telling ourselves a story. That story leads us to a behavior. Right With porn, it specifically leads us to a ritual, and then that ritual leads to the behavior. But they're essentially one of the same. So you always are having a story. What are the stories that guys tell themselves? They're stories of justification. Well, if my wife and I were having more sex, sex is my most important need. Uh, I can't not be without sex, whatever the case is. like These are stories. These are lies you're believing. And so what... 2 Corinthians 10.5 here is saying, like, we destroy these lies and we take every thought captive. And so the way you do that is to take your stories and examine it against the truth of God's word. Another great passage to go to if you want to look at, I mean, there's lots of them that we could go to, but just some, some things that I was looking at this morning were, was Colossians chapter 3. Set your minds, verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. Verse 1 was just seek the things that are above. Verse 5, put 
to death whatever is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Like this is just like Colossians 3 is just packed with stuff that we need to hear. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns. Singing psalms, that's what we're doing here. Psalm 95, we're singing psalms. Right? This is what he's telling us to do. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Like How beautiful are these passages that we can look at? Like You have to start taking your thoughts captive. You have to start taking your stories captive and making them obey Christ. What Christ says, what God says is true. What you say, largely, when it comes to like your life, largely a lot of stories and lies. Like I'm the biggest liar that I know. Then the third thing here, if you want to become this man, so the first thing is you just need to be real about your commitment to the Word of God versus other forms of media. And then second, you need to you need to be very real about your commitment to examine your stories and lies. And then third, like you need to be real about your endurance. Like, how are you enduring? What is your what is the spirit producing in you? Because the spirit, like one of the fruits of the spirit is steadfastness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and steadfastness or endurance or faithfulness. This is not the easy button. Like we love the easy button. That's why we go to Facebook. That's why we go to Instagram. It is an easy button. Instead of me thinking, and listen, I'm not throwing, I mean, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So I'm not throwing these things under the bus and saying, oh, anybody who looks at this stuff is is not a man of God. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. That's not what I'm saying. That may be a story that you're telling yourself that that's what I'm saying, but that's not it. But you have to understand you love the easy button just like I do. Porn's an easy button. Instead of building intimacy in our marriage and risking like risking being rejected for sex, risking being hurt, we get our feelings hurt, like risking intimacy instead of doing that, we just turn to porn. This is daily war. And so endurance takes an everyday war attitude. And I don't have to look 10 years down the road. I don't have to even look like I don't I don't regret what was behind me to yesterday and I don't have to be anxious about tomorrow. But do you have the willingness to do what it takes for as long as it takes to be free from your prison? And so for me my daily commitment is to like dig deep into the word of God and spend time alone with the Lord. Now, my time in the word of God looks the same every single morning. My time in prayer looks different. Lately, I have been going on walking talks with the Lord in the morning around my neighborhood. Like it's dark because we changed our clocks 
it's dark at five in the morning, five thirty in the morning. And so I'll hit the street and I'll go out there for 30 minutes. And I have just finished my quiet time with the Lord and journaling. And so now I'm just out there talking to God. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to do it. Other times are not that way. Sometimes I literally sit in front of my computer. I pull up um, I've got this software that I use, but I pull up this thing and I just, and, it, and it's asking me, what do you want God to know? Like, essentially, what did you study this morning? What is the story that you're telling yourself about? Like, what what is being said here? Right. So I want to look at it in context and then I want to think about it. Then I want to think about the story. Like, what am I thinking as I come out of this? It's kind of the same way as journaling. And then four different times it asked me, I want God to know. So I want God to know. And I just jot down my thoughts. I want God to know. And this is me praying. I want God to know. I want God four times. And then the last question is, dear God, it's not a question. It's just dear God. And I get to write out a real prayer. And sometimes it's a dialogue, just a dialogue between me and God. This to me is my daily war. It's how I is how I set my day up for success. So, I mean, I wrote down here in my journal just working out analogy. Like you go to the gym once, great, and then everybody quits. <laughs> like running one mile is different than running a fifty mile ultra marathon or a hundred mile ultra marathon. Like running one mile does not take much commitment. It just takes going out and doing it. But running 100 miles takes a massive amount of commitment. Daily commitment. I found to me, like for spiritual targets, I set targets every single year. I think spiritual targets are important. Body targets are important. Family targets are important. And um, uh, work targets are very important. And so the way I do it is like I break it down. I might ha- I have a year target, but then I break it down into quarterly and then daily things that need to happen. And so in two weeks, 1st of December, I'm going to be sitting down with a group of brothers, about nine of us. We're going to be setting our targets for this next year. And this is my, this is my group of brothers. So what I'm going to try to do is recreate this, recreate what we have. I'm going to recreate it in this community that – is online, but there could be opportunity for us to get together um, during the year. So that's my encouragement. You have an invitation and you have a the inspiration behind that. And then lastly, I can't get out of this without a warning. So verse 7 says this. It, it's, it's giving the reason why we should be worshiping, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And then he says this, today... If you hear his voice. So here we go. Here we go, brothers. And you're listening to me. I don't think you're here by accident. Today, if you hear God's voice, not my voice, if you hear God's voice. So the psalmist is going to tell them something that hurts. And the Hebrew writer repeats this twice in Hebrews chapter 3. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work, for 40 years I loathed, loathed 
that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So this psalm ends with a warning. And this is for you, brother. Today, if you hear his voice, like the ur- there's urgency in this message. It doesn't say put this off for another week. doesn't say, Oh well, I looked at porn last night, but I need to I'm going to wait a week and then I'm going to go pray again because I can't pray now because I'm feeling so much shame. He's saying today. Even if you just looked at porn 30 minutes ago and you found this podcast cuz you were looking for help. Today if you hear his voice, there's urgency. Do not harden your hearts. Like God's people experienced his saving power over them and over their enemies. Think about this. He led them out of Egypt across the red tree, uh, red sea, the great red sea. He they saw his miracles. They were supplied by his provision in the wilderness. All of these things and their heart was still hard. How many blessings can you count in your life? Has God saved you? Has he provided for you? Like, brother, wow. We need to think about this. But this is is the challenge, is that we we can be just like these people. Like, there's a massive difference between being interested in God's work versus God himself. And when we don't know God intimately, our hearts grow hard and we rebel. How are you and I different than God's people in the wilderness? Like if we find ourselves constantly defeated by habitual sin, we're no different. Like we have to say that our experience, our life as an experience is no different. But I will tell you what is different, brother, for you is that you are not like the people in the wilderness who will die without hope. They died without hope. They did not enter his rest. But Jesus Christ took the porn punishment from you. Your rebellion was dealt with at the cross. My rebellion dealt with at the cross. My sin, the sin that I'm going to commit today, dealt with at the cross. Praise God. Why, like, shouldn't we go and bow down and worship him? But he, he is our great God. Like, he's better. He's more, he is the king above all gods of pornography, gods of sports, gods of social media, gods of whatever we fill our lives with. And so, how, like, we need to be men. If you want to be a man of valor, you need to make it your number one priority to know God. And so I'm going to, I'm going to read just some stuff real quick from uh, Richard Phillips, which I think is, is he has a great commentary in Hebrews about this passage. And so some of these things are worth, <sighs> worth talking about. He says, how remarkable that these Israelites did not know God after all they had seen and heard and received from his hand. How could they not have known his ways? He says, the point is, is that while they had enjoyed God's work, they had not reflected on him. 
They were interested in what God did for them, but not in God himself. We are reminded of Jesus' great prayer to the Father in John 17, where our Lord said, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Salvation is not a matter of knowing God's blessings. After all, many people who don't know God know his blessings, but it's a matter of knowing him, understanding his character and his ways, and more and more trusting him in all things. If you are not growing in your knowledge of God, your understanding and appreciation of his ways, let this be a warning to you. This is the warning. We are to be students of God's character, learning what God is like through the circumstances of our lives and especially through the Bible and growing in our love for him. How is God manifesting his power and grace? What should you be looking for when you read your Bible? There's nothing more important for you than the study of God himself. Like, what does this scripture tell me about God, about his character, about his ways? How can I know him better and trust him more? The study of the attributes of God is one of the most vital of all subjects for to know God is to trust him and to worship him with both awe and gratitude. And he closes with this. Charles Spurgeon was right when he said of the study of God, it is a subject so vast that all of our thoughts are lost in its immensity, so deep that our pride is drowned in its infinity. But while the subject humbles the mind, it also expands it. Nothing will so enlarge the intellect, nothing so magnify the whole soul of man as a devout, earnest, continuing investigation of the great subject of the deity. Oh man, isn't that the truth? Brothers, this I just want to tell you, I, I, can't, I can't be any more clear than this. My freedom from pornography has come from knowing God more intimately and following him more passionately. Like it's all his work. It's his work in me. What was my responsibility or what is my responsibility even still today to make sure that I still find joy and satisfaction in him? My responsibility is to continue asking and seeking and knocking and hungering and thirsting for his righteousness, which the Spirit imparts to me as I give myself to the word of God. My responsibility is to open my mind, open my eyes, and open the word of God and pray. He promises to make the change happen. How are we transformed as we behold the glory of the God of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, according to Paul? So this is how we're in. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four, three through five. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his body, his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Contrast that with John, what Jesus says. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, Knowing God, knowing Christ versus the Gentiles who do not know God. 
And so, brothers, if, if we claim to know God, then let us act as if we know God. Let us ask and seek and knock. Let us passionately pursue a relationship with him, calling out to him, crying out to him. Otherwise, we are acting just like unbelievers who don't know God because we don't abstain from sexual immorality and we don't know how to control our own body. All right, brothers, email me, email me, email me if you want to uh, find out when I launch this online uh, group. All right, brothers. Y'all have a fantastic Saturday, and I'll be back with another episode of Porn and the Gospel.